previously on Starlight Outer Worlds. The crew of the Meadowlark landed on the planet Larsa and completed their most recent job. Landon was attacked and taken to the hospital with serious injuries, giving him some time to reflect on decisions from his past. The rest of the crew, flush with credits, headed into Larsa City, eager for some downtime. Elta looked up an old contact, a bookie named Vakat, who invited her to a race happening later that night. Needing a graph bike to race, Elta found a local dealership, convincing the salesperson to loan her a top-of-the-line skimmer. You know, just for a test drive. Far away from town, at the natural wonder known as the Arches, Elta and Kennard have discovered the local racing scene. As the two check out the competition and the dangerous high-speed course, the next race is about to begin. we left our characters, we had Elta and Kennard uh, over at the Arches, and they were getting ready to race, or Elta, that is, on the the uh, skimmer that you borrowed from the sales floor. Yeah, it's, it's just still a very comprehensive test drive, I would argue. Yeah, makes sense. Okay, so it's late at night, it's fairly dark, and... Uh, near you is the person who organized the race, uh, a reptiloid named Vakat, and about uh, 20 or so other racers. Uh, some of the racers are talking and joking with each other, others are fidgeting with their skimmers, like making last-minute adjustments to the engines or control settings, uh, and a few are just standing near the skimmers, looking around nervously. Now, there are also a bunch of spectators. Most of them have found spots to get a good view of the race, like up on the, these uh, rocky outcroppings near the edge of the cliff. So one, one question I wanted to ask Elta is about the money. <laughs> like last time we said that you had paid uh, an entry fee, some entry stakes, mm-hmm. and, but that you had also made a moderate bet. Yeah, I don't know. I was figuring basically if I was going to... I don't think I'm getting my deposit back from the um, skimmer silt person. I don't know. So I was hoping to at least maybe make some of that back up. Okay. <laughs> so it sounds like you're committing to doing a good job here. <laughs> you haven't lost the deposit yet. That's, yeah. yeah. So pessimistic. Hmm. Well, that's fine. Alta, you can bet on coming in first, or you can make a, a lesser bet to just place in the top three. Mm. That'd be very conservative. I'm probably betting on first. Vakat likes your style. Yeah. Of course. Curious if, Kadard, are you going to bet on her or anyone else? Betting is not logical. Dang. Yeah, not wrong. Yeah, you're sitting on your, your part of the bounty that got split different ways, and so we'll have to find out what Kennard does spend its money on. Yeah. We'll come back to that. Okay, moving beyond that. Everyone's kind of getting over into position there. Vakat looks over to you, kind of checking out your gear and your skimmer, and uh, with a sort of slightly disappointed look, uh, he then uh, calls out to one of his assistants to go get something. And in just a quick moment, this assistant comes by and gives you a safety vest, is what Vakat calls it. (laughs) And the others have it, too, in different forms. You can see, you go, oh, yeah, okay. And you just can kind of strap it on, and like it latches on really tightly in the front. Okay. And it's got this little pouch in the back. Okay. It's a parachute. That's nice. What I'm guessing, okay. <laughs> and Vakat says, "This comes out of any winnings you get." So you, yeah, you're getting into place. And just to remind everyone, previously, Canard, you had taken a little bit of time to communicate through your special means, you know, to basically communicate with the different skimmers and the technology that they have there. And so later we will, this will come into play. So you'll, you'll get a chance to help Elta as she makes rolls through the race. I look forward to it. Okay. So all of the racers are at the line 
and Vakat is in front of you giving basically an outline of a few key rules, just as little reminders. It's a bit of a spiel that he does, but mostly what it comes down to is if you, uh, it's, it's poor form, as in you might not get to race again if you, like, ram someone, like, purposely, like, like you... Like, lethally, you mean. Yeah. Direct attack actions are... Um, he has yeah, a lawyer. So against the rules, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, you, yeah, you know that the rules are fuzzy here, Elta. Uh-huh. Yeah, now I have gone through all of the stuff. Vakat lifts up a pistol up into the air, and everyone's winding up their engines, and there's these, the glow is lighting up the area around everyone, and all the grav bikes are hovering, hovering and, and shaking a little bit above the ground, and the shot goes off. Everyone bolts off of the starting line. Elta, roll to face danger. Okay. We just start. Okay. Um, and that's daring. So 14. Wow. Not bad. Okay. Ooh. Elta, you, you unleash everything that your skimmer has and you are out in the lead. So you bolt down and you, you sort of like loft so, so fast off of this that you have a bit of height because you're actually going downhill. So the first leg of this is called the tumble. And you immediately realize why that's the case. You start you, you're feeling yourself being a bit top-heavy, but you correct it with the great control that you have over this bike. So you hear the whine of the other bikes behind you as you make this winding path down this hill. It's fairly steep at the beginning, mostly small kinds of rubble, but then it gets bumpier. There's scrubby plants, medium plants, there's larger boulders, and then and it gradually starts to level out as you get down to the lower terrace level. Okay. Oh boy. Kind of goes wild. Yeah. yeah. This might be an opportunity to have a little discussion with Kennard. I'm wondering, like, who's towards the front of the pack? Yeah, so that's easy enough to check with your um, on-screen display. So right behind you, Panther. And behind that, Grey Wing, the Scud Twins, Trash Man, and the Brat. So... Yeah, it qu- pretty quickly sorts out into the rough capabilities of the racers and their craft. And you get down to the bottom, you're doing some snaking in and out between some boulders and, and shrubs, but yeah, you are still in the lead. Okay. So you can, yeah, you can hear the whine of the engine and just, and basically see the, the flicker of motion of, yeah. of Panther, like pretty much holding steady with you a few meters behind. Okay. That's what I'm going to ask Kennard about. This Panther is like, right behind me is there do you notice anything about their bike is there anything like do they have any weaknesses basically is what i'm trying to figure out let's flash back to canard manipulating panther's bike yes so go back to before the race when i was using the technical comms channels to talk to the other bikes and see what i could learn about them excellent so trying to discern their strengths or weaknesses and my one of us skills lets me do a manipulate role using logic, which I have a two logic. Ooh. All right, that's going to be an 11. Excellent. Uh, what does that give you? When you influence someone's action using manipulation or charm, say what you want, give them a reason, and roll subtle. If you ask too much of them, they tell you what it would take, if anything, for them to do it. So I'm going to actually flatter Panther's bike and say, like, it looks like you have some very impressive systems there. I've never really seen them before. Can you tell me a little bit about what they do? What are your capabilities? Um, you are correct. My specs are quite impressive. And the and then the the, the craft goes on to tell you uh, some of the more Im- impressive uh, features. And aside from having like a really solid engine, strong maneuverability, pretty much well-rounded capabilities. The one thing that stands out to you is that it has uh, like little grav repulsors that may not be obvious, but while they are cruising by uh, obstacles or other racers, they can uh, shift the grav repulsion from instead of all the way down and sort of back just to the side. Basically, they can push other racers very subtly and knock them off course. Mm. Uh All right. That's the information that I passed along to Elta. 
Okay, so I don't want them to pull up alongside me, is what I'm... Hard to control. Yeah, it's true. But it's an extra motivation to stay in front of them. It's true. If you uh, were to anticipate this maneuver, I think that the higher inertia of your touring frame, you might be able to counter it with your own maneuver. Mm. Does that just mean ram them? No, I think it's like if I kind of overcome... Well, this is getting a little technical, but (laughs) if I overcome kind of their pushing at me and I've got some momentum going towards them, their compensation might not actually be strong enough if I've anticipated it. And so it'll they'll push themselves um, mm, okay. out of. That's nice. what I'm thinking I could do. Mm-hmm. So you are nearing the end of the first leg. Uh, uh, the end of the tumble ends in this more like a lower terrace floor. You've curved down to follow the terrace like lengthwise, and it's still a bit bumpy, but it's but it's opened up, and so you can stay with your s- speed stability. You you manage to stay just in front, but the second leg is here. And you are approaching the pillars. Now now you have to start making some pretty tricky maneuvers with sharp turns uh, and, um, and not, zigzag between the different bases of the pillars. Not my skimmer strong suit. <laughs> if only you had an incredible reaction time. Yeah, no, that's true. It's just I can only corner as well as the vehicle. Okay, let's do another general roll. And because of your skimmer's ability, we're going to give you a minus... One to the roll. So I'm rolling to face danger again. Yes. Eight. No, nine, because I can do math. So a mixed success. Mm -hmm. As you are coming around the first couple of turns, you do find yourself neck and neck with Panther, who has started to pass you. Okay. And you you know that this move is coming, the gravitational push, as she kind of cuts. She takes the inner curve. Mm Mm-hmm and is pushing you to the outside. Yeah. What do you do? So we're weaving between pillars, right? Yeah. Yeah. My thought is that I actually slow down a little bit, and I try to let this push push a pillar. Okay. Um, Oh, so you're like tapping the brakes? I'm tapping the brakes and letting them push against a wall, basically, so that they're going to hopefully kind of knock themselves a little off course. Yeah, you have the angle on this, this next slot. You could beat her to it but you opt to break instead. So -hmm. let's go ahead and do a face danger to see if you can escape this maneuver. So for this, you've still got the minus one because you're having to maneuver tightly, Uh, but let's take a plus one because of the advice from Kennard. Okay. Face danger again. Oh, it had to happen. Uh, rolls. I know that's a fail. (laughs) How much of one? Um, A four. A four. All right. Oh, yeah, I get to mark experience yeah, at least. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, you hit the brakes, and it turns out your brakes are really pretty good. But you lose the maneuverability to, uh, that you thought you were going to have with this, and you start to skid out wide. Mm-hmm. And Panther goes racing by you and doesn't even need the sort of, the sort of grav push over the side, mm-hmm. but just manages to speed past you. And then Grey Wing goes zipping by, and the the scud twins also are like are now right neck and neck with you oh okay and the the, the one in front scud drick the the pilot is seems to be saying something just sort of like mouthing off in your direction just sort of taunting you mm. but now you are kind of neck and neck with them and you have a couple of other turns to do so i'll go ahead and i will Pull up the map and the schematics of your vehicle and try and plot out like the optimal course for you to take given that you're less maneuverable but have higher speed than the other vehicles. Yeah. You have to wind your way with these other uh, craft that are all pretty close by and you are still have to get through the last of the pillars. Mm. And as you go, they are getting closer together and smaller and some of these slots are like only enough room barely for one uh, skimmer to get through Mm. so uh let's roll another face danger and then canard you you're gonna help with a little bit of guidance it sounds like yes we'll do face danger first and maybe see if you need the help (laughs) plus two that puts me at eight minus one for the maneuvering seven seven 
you uh, couldn't help enough to make a difference. Mechanically, it wouldn't matter. Yeah. yeah. So, Elta, I'm going to put the choice before you. You can pull ahead in front of the Scud Twins, but th- there's a downside. So you'll have to either take some stress or take some damage to the skimmer as you cut these corners of the rocky pillars really close. I think thinking about my deposit, (laughs) it causes my stress (laughs) as I narrowly avoid these. I don't know that's quite the stress we're talking about, but I think I'm going to opt for taking stress. Okay, go ahead and mark off stress. Totally counts. Yeah. So you pull ahead of the Scud Brothers, and you are like hot on the heels of Greywing, the reptiloid and her sort of bird-like bike with the wide um, mm. f- uh, flaring wings on the side. Yeah. And the, sc- the scud-, scud Drick just kind of yells at you and taunts you again as they get cut out and pull back instead of getting squished into a narrow slot with you. Good going. Now you have basically gotten out of the, the pillars. You've made it through. Yes. And you've seen there's kind of a shift in the order as you glance up, which you can now see, now that everyone is getting into an open area, you can see Panther kind of outpacing everyone. Mm-hmm. You can see Greywing not far in front of you, uh, so you two are pretty close. And then uh, the, Scud, the Scud twins have fallen behind a bit, and actually uh, the Trash Man has passed them by. So you, uh, you are headed toward the turnaround. And it looks just kind of like an open turnaround. There's uh, a large old pillar and a flare sitting on top of it. You all go and make your tight turn around it and head back toward the arches. Now, okay. as you come swinging around, now you're, you're, you've basically doubled back, doing a 180 back around. Uh, and as you... Oh, so I get to see everyone as I turn Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you are surprised to see the trash man in the Junker Skimmer, like, right in front of you. And it looks like he or she, it, (laughs) you don't know who is underneath that crazy large helmet of theirs, but they are uh, swinging around to cut you off. Oh. Oh. Wants that nice skimmer for his junk pile. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Elta rolled face danger. Okay. No penalty for you now. Oh, yeah. That's the twelve. Okay. You rolled really well. Uh, What happens? Yeah, I think... So I'm turning around and he's trying to cut me off and I head straight at him. And my idea is to kind of pop up a little early and use his vehicle to jump up onto the first arch. Kind of use him as a ramp. Ramp that fool. Make that sucker panic. Yeah, I think like the sudden turn and like his communication systems don't know what to make of this onrushing thing and it maybe freezes up a little bit yeah your craft has this good clearance good loft as they say and he comes in to clip you just enough so that you take a spill but no you manage to avoid it he goes slightly low you go up and you take that just as you describe um you take that jump and yeah, you, you, you basically just kind of jump over him, some nice altitude, and skim easily over that first jump. So you're following up Panther and Greywing as they start to ascend up the stairs. And behind you, Trashman has made a very awkward turn, and instead of planning to go around this big pillar, they crash directly into it. So you see them, their name on the little thing, just like... It blinks, falls to the bottom, and has a strike through. Have they coded an interface for that? (laughs) I mean, that's the best part of the races. That's why people come. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's there's totally a cheer. Yeah. Yeah. Cut to the spectators that are up on the cliff, and they're also looking through the the cameras that are in place and their own comms and, and, and through their telescopes. Yeah, and they explode with cheers. Now you are making your way up the third leg of the race the stairway and you're scrambling between these different sort of platforms jumping from arch to arch having to stay just you know there's not much latitude side to side because you will slip off so you wind your way up an arch and then angle off jumping off to the next arch and up to the next and then finally you have to make the jump up to the upper terrace did you get up enough speed and the right angle Let's face danger. Okay. Ooh. 
Uh, plus two, that's a six. <laughs> Canard. Let's see uh, if I can plot the best jump for that vehicle. Yeah. Oh. Eight. And uh, logic again? Yeah. Yeah. So nice. ten. Oh, thank you, Canard. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so that gives you uh, enough bonus to put Elta over the top. Mm. So okay. plus two is a an eight for you. An eight, yes. Yeah. Okay. Now, yeah. So there was there was no other skimmers around you. You just this was just pure um, uh, physics and trigonometry. <laughs> Every street racer's best skill. Yeah. And Canard, what was the? Was it just a perfect angle? Yes, it was actually having you give it a little drop and then boost an acceleration where you wouldn't have guessed. But I assured mm-hmm. you that that's what would give that vehicle the right mm-hmm. art to get mm-hmm. onto the terrace. And, and perhaps yeah. mid-jump, it didn't seem like it was going to make it, and you, you had a doubt. I may have doubted you for a few moments, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so you're, maybe your arch is just a little high and not quite as fast as you had hoped. So you have a tough choice to make here. You could let someone uh, maybe have surpass you and, and get ahead of you, um, but if you want to keep your position... You are going to either need to spend a stress or hit hard and do damage to the skimmer. I think I am going to take stress again. I don't want to keep my vehicle shiny as long as I can. Where are you at? I'm at three out of five. Okay. And I can't exceed my max or I shouldn't hit my max. If you take six stress, you'll take a trauma. Okay. You can have five stress as long as you want. Cool. Take it from me. I'm very close to trauma. Yeah. I was hoping to pass Grey Wing, but I imagine, like, I like the idea that their wingtips actually extend a little on the oh, end yeah. of their jump yeah. and then like, glide in a little better. Oh, yeah. I love yeah. that. Very cool. So, yeah, as you're starting to descend and feel like you're not going to make it, you see Grey Wing in front of you just come in for this sweet landing on the edge of the cliff, and you... You are steering just enough, and you find this soft spot on the, the cliff. There's really more like trees and bushes, and you, you you come down a little hard, but you know that it shouldn't be too much damage on the bottom. <laughs> and then you slide and recover, and you're uh, now on the upper terrace, racing right behind Greywing. Okay. Oof. Actually, let's get back to Landon and see what he's been up to. I think we established last that he's in a cab, not talking to someone, sort of on his way to the hotel. Yeah, that's right. So previously, Landon had uh, checked himself out of the hospital. Yes. Um, Yes. Uh, Against the doctor's wishes. Yes. I mean, he still let me, but yes. Yeah. Put on clothes, which took a while because my arms all wrapped up. Yeah. Got my got my guns. And your stick. And my stick. Cannot forget. Yeah, your wooden club. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you took a cab back to the hotel. Yeah, it's on my way. I feel like, I don't know how close these areas are, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if I got this cabbie sort of meandered a little bit because he sees I'm not in a state to like... He might charge you a little more for a, yeah. a longer drive. Yeah. Well, did you so... want a human cabbie? Because they're mostly auto cabs. Oh, right. Of course it would be automated. I think he would take whatever was available. The hospital would have requested a real person to help drive you back. To be on the safe side, imagine. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. All right. I mean, look, those broken ribs aren't going to kill me, as far as my is concerned. Yeah. So you um, talk to the cabbie at all, or do you just kind of... I don't think so. I think, I mean, to place Landon's headspace, right? Yeah. I mean, I think Landon's had a really long day, and he's tired and stressed out. I don't think he's going to really talk. He's going to look out the window and kind of try and plan his next move but i think he's in enough pain and sort of uh, I, I don't know that he has a concrete move to make you know yeah. sometimes you just kind of feel like you should be doing something but it doesn't like when you wake up at 3 a.m and you try to like yeah you... troubleshoot and plan things and then later you realize like none of the planning actually made sense yeah or, or sometimes you have so much going on or so much on your mind that it doesn't feel like you can address each of those single things on their own you're just kind of but you're still revved up about it so you get out of the cab at the 
at the address that they gave you. It's a hotel. Yeah. It's a very uh, simple hotel, but uh, clean and secure is the main thing that you're looking for. Yep. So you get out of the cab, you get your bags, you're about to go inside. Um, and by the way, around you, there's still some late night um, party goers or people. Uh, people out. People out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, people have different odd schedules mm-hmm. because the the particular day and night cycles of the planet. Mm, right, yeah. Time of day can be kind of screwy, so people stick to their shifts. Yeah, and I think Landon's more comfortable in a place that has activity like that. Growing up on a station, he's used to multiple shifts, so this isn't... It's better than if it were totally empty, which I think would unnerve him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and so, as you can hear, the music in the distance, and the laughing and yelling. But, all of a sudden, kind of at the edge of your hearing... You hear an explosion. Mm. Yeah, okay. Blocks away. Yeah, I think that's the sort of thing that... But it gets your attention. Yeah, and there's probably going to be a twist in my gut, too, while my implants sort of key in on that a little bit. And there are some of the people on the street, too. Your cabbie has has pulled away mm-hmm. in the opposite direction, but there are some people out on the street, too, that are have sort of noticed this and have stopped. There's a bit of a hush. So it seems... It's not a super big explosion, it sounds like, because it's kind of close. So it's a, I mean, it's a number of blocks away. I look up at the hotel. Could is there like a roof that I could get up high enough yeah. to see? Because I don't think Landon it feels. You could get up to the roof. Great. If yeah, he's not in a state to like walk to wherever that is unless it's pretty close by. But I think he does want to see what what the situation is. So he's going to make his way up there. Yeah, uh, no problem. You go up one flight of stairs. Uh, there's he paces himself. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's maybe some businesses that are closed mm-hmm. on the first floor. On the second floor with the hotel rooms you drop off your bag mm-hmm. i think i'm not actually gonna uh, grab my bag oh that's a good point so i'm i'm traveling white i have my gun and my stick that's right so you, you you skip the room for now mm-hmm. and your you... medical supplies oh right i do have medical supplies i took from the hospital yeah i'll drop those off fair point <laughs> thank you for reminding me that that would be important but uh but you still have your weapons and you go up to the roof and by the time you get up there there's actually couple of other people up there are also looking around, often at the distance. They're um, still this kind of music thumping from mm-hmm. a couple of different directions. Mm-hmm. But Do I see any smoke? Yes. So as you look around, why don't you make an assess roll? Sure. And I just, if you'll let me have this, it's very silly, but seems like the sort of thing that someone in Landon's line of work would have. I think he's going to produce a little optic, like a like a tiny little like glass or some sort of thing that he can use to sort of look closer at the scene. Obviously, there's buildings around, there's smoke and stuff. And I don't think it's like some fancy thermal night vision doodad, but his implants can do a lot of things. I don't think they just let him see better close up. No, your senses, yeah, your normal like vision and and hearing are probably somewhat normal, is is my read on your Uh, Yeah, I think that's true. It's It's just... It grabs that information in a different way. Yeah. So he's going to pull out, while other people are kind of looking around, he's going to pull out this little thing and look through it and roll to assess. Oh, that's pretty good. That's an eight. My logic is plus zero, so that's an eight on the dice. Uh, I can ask one question, right? Okay, go ahead. Well, what happened here recently is tempting, but I think I'm going to go with who or what's in control. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so you're looking around seeing, look, looking in the direction that you think the sound came from. And pretty quickly, you do start to see these wisps of dark smoke. Mm. No, it's nighttime. Mm-hmm. There's enough light coming from the streetlights mm. to, to just to get, a, to get a glimpse of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it definitely, it feels like, I mean, it, it, it comes to you pretty strongly, this hunch mm-hmm. that... Uh, this is terrorist activity, basically. Mm, okay. Uh, it, it, the, just the sound, mm-hmm. you know, and, and given your past, yep. it, it doesn't seem like, oh, uh, you know, a, a gas main exploded or something like that. No. And, and then and pretty soon, a few seconds after this, actually, after you kind of make this realization, there is an um, emergency alert message. Mm. Kind of that's sent through the comm system. This probably goes out to everyone, whether you have, whether you want it or not. <laughs> it is basically from the local police with an order to um, to go home. Mm. Okay. You know, dis, you know, disperse from public meeting areas and proceed cautiously 
to your place of residence. Some mm-hmm. some kind of yeah. you know, stilted formal message like that. Of course. But you get the subtext and you know that the military, who is basically in charge of the of the city police here, is it's cracking down. Is, is cracking down. And in general, they have the most control here. Good to know. Yeah, I think Landon was sort of waffling on like, is this a thing he needs to deal with? Is this his problem? A silly question, obviously. But once that alert goes out, he, yeah, he's able to sort of say, okay, I don't need to deal with this. I can let someone handle this. This is my job. Probably knows that Kennard and Elta aren't home, though. Yeah, you have, you check your comms, and everyone is silent, and no one is home. Yeah, I, um... Not Shifchoff, not Elta, not Kennard. Okay. I think I'll write to Elta, just got home. Where are you guys? Martial law. <laughs> Curfew. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. And I'll zoom that off and then um, go pull a flask out of my go bag, because every good go bag has a flask. I'll hang on on the roof a little bit. I don't think there's... I'm, I have like a vague interest if you know, maybe someone will run away and I'll see it or something, but like, I'm not invested. All right. You find a place to sit down on the roof with your flask, and you just kind of soak in the, the sounds and the sights and, of the city. I will say, I probably lit like asleep within 10 minutes. I love it. Hi, everybody. Thad here. Thanks for coming back for more Starlight Outer Worlds. We really appreciate it. If you want to help the show, please tell a friend what you like about it. And then go to your podcast app and leave a rating and review so you can tell us too. Want to follow us? We're on Instagram at Starlight Outer Worlds. And if you're interested in Starlight the role-playing game, go check out our quick start guide. It's available on DriveThruRPG and itch.io. You can find links for those in the show notes. That's it for now, folks. See you next time. Let's cut back to the action. So now, yeah, now you're entering the fourth and final leg called the snakes. And you know that this route goes between the the edge of the forest and the edge of the cliff. You've got some wider, easier sections, but then they are interspersed with some narrow choke points. And those are places where there might be a little some outcroppings, Hmm. uh, but also where the forest is encroaching on the cliff. And this is something that's different each time. And so racers will get snagged by foliage that is not on the map. It just comes in the darkness. It comes through quickly and strikes like an invisible creature from the forest. <laughs> Are there also invisible creatures from the forest they need to worry about? or Let's hope not. Okay. <laughs> or just, just snakes rumors. in just the forest. Snakes. They're actual snakes. Yeah, there's just actual snakes that <laughs> fall from the tree. We tried to warn you. <laughs> You're racing down behind Greywing. Um, let's see if you can make up some ground. Oh, and as a reminder, your skimmer has uh, has a strength uh, on straightaways. Take a plus one on your face danger roll. Okay. Okay, that's an 11 with my plus one. Okay, that's a great roll. So you get... Uh, you get fully powered and speeding through, and you are just finding the right angle, the curve, the slot. And Grey Wing makes this subtle little mistake and lofts out to the side, and you snake through. She gets a little. <laughs> snake I, I, I can include these things, but shoot, I get. This. You got to keep it in. Oh. <laughs> so, yes, you, um, you snake through. And Greywing gets sort of startled just long enough to hesitate, and then you pass them through this narrow slot between these uh, the trees and, and uh, rocky outcroppings. Mm-hmm. And you are, you so you've quickly shot past them, and now, in your sights, in front of you is Panther. Did you do any trash talk? As you pass, I um, would if it Grey was Wing. the the brat or the the twins, but. I think Grey Wing, I respect. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I maybe would give a smile or something. With your gross teeth. 
I don't know. Everyone has their helmets on too. It's pretty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You could probably make it transparent if you want to. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. So yeah, so you flash a smile back at Greywing, um, and but quickly turn your attention back to Panther. Ahead of you, there is mostly an open stretch with some trees off to the side and off in the distance. The crowd. There are lights and people jumping up and down. I know where I'm going. Great. You've got one last roll to get to the finish line. For the money. Ooh. For the seven, eight, nine, ten, because I'm one. in the straightaways. Oof. It's like it's your thing. <laughs> <laughs> By sheer determination and the power of this awesome new skimmer operating at full throttle. Elta, did you do anything special during this maneuver? I'm trying to think of what would be special about leaning in and going fast. Yeah, you've got the throttle is like fully open and you've you've managed to like find us another control that sort of exceeds the red line on it. Okay. If you know you're almost done. <laughs> yeah, this extra red button that I afterburners, yeah, and behind you, yeah. So so both of you like are neck and neck with mm-hmm. this like vibrant you know, hot blue, you know, afterburners. I mean, I'd probably say something like, thanks for the racing tips or something like that. Are you going to bump her or anything? She'll probably try the little... Like, yeah, that's true. As I pass her, she probably is going to try oh, and yes. uh, bump me. And I, I've i seen what that looks like now a She better. notices you a little surprised. And, mm-hmm. and you can see her make a little bit of an adjustment and then and start to bump. Yeah, so I think this time I see it coming and kind of the idea I had earlier, I see it coming and push back a little bit. Nice. Um, and I think it's enough to overcome her bike's compensation on the push. And so I just push her, uh, it like pushes her out of the way a little bit more. And I'm also on a pretty sturdy bike, I think. Yeah, no, that's great. By the sound of it. So I'm I'm able to overcome that and it pushes her just enough out of the way that I'm able to pull forward and around and... Yeah. Okay. And you beat her by a half length, about a meter, as as she just turns a fraction to the side and then and doesn't get quite the full speed that she had. And you blaze across the finish line, and the crowd just loves it. It goes bonkers. <laughs> and then Grey Wing shoots by, and the the Scud Twins go by. Meadowlark, Meadowlark. And that's it. <laughs> His bike broke. The, the Brad didn't dead. make it. It's fine. Yeah, don't worry. Trashman's fine. Titan's fine. But uh, yeah, they're picking up the pieces. So you, everyone has stopped and parked, and the spectators are all just like rushing over, like cheering. And there's people like you know, some of the people are happy, some of the people are you know angry and disappointed, yelling at each other. <laughs> exactly. And money is changing hands some you know so these people are holding their comms near each other and or actually exchanging physical cred sticks Mm -hmm. and it's just crazy the the energy and the excitement and the tension and you're coming down from like a crazy high from all this (laughs) what a rush adrenaline Bakat comes over and is uh, goes amongst the different uh, uh, competitors and goes to you holds out his hand for a nice handshake yeah i shake it well that was a little more than I expected. Thank you for an excellent race. We look forward to having you visit and future engagements. Yeah, it's a fun scene you guys have here. I'll come back when I'm in town. I might need to figure out a better bike, though, <laughs> or a different bike. <laughs> Can you buy this one? Yeah, I don't know how much are my winnings. So, um, yeah, people are settling everything and kind of moving away from the, the course a little bit. And then uh, Vakat gives you cred stick with your winnings cool so is that like my well yeah i guess it'd be all of it i'm right yeah race promoter and bookie and it's it's a sweet haul okay uh with the bets that were against you and you coming through with the strong odds your moderate bet on yourself and the prize money Mm -hmm. coming in first you could buy the bike outright back at the shop mm. it would kind of clean you out and you would be really be itching for the next um yeah uh, for the next uh job but it's a nice bike <laughs> does canard have guidance i'm probably first gonna like go up to canard and be like thanks for the assist basically and like hold up my hand for a high five and i don't know how you respond to that but 
I had searched my memory banks and recognize <laughs> what this gesture is. And so I gently tap the hand that's proffered to me. Is, is your hand like a five-fingered hand? Or do you have like a grasper or something? No, it's it's more like a human hand. So mm-hmm. that... He has to have a good handshake. Oh, you're totally right. Or yeah. 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 Appear friendly to other humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do finger guns. The most important thing for any construct to do. <laughs> for any negotiator. <laughs> so you're coming. Yeah. So you're still coming down from this, from the high of winning. And you realize you haven't checked your calm. Mm, okay. I... I glance at that. There are a few messages. Uh, the ones that stand out to you are one from Landon and one from Stacy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also maybe the one from the military. <laughs> oh, uh, are you in range to have gotten the... Oh, that's true. I'm yeah. far enough out of town. I might not have caught that. You got the signal from the military that says curfew has been imposed, basically, and you should go back to your residence. The same minute. Time stamped. <laughs> There's a message from Landon. Probably... I think to you, I don't know that I would have sent it to both of you, because I trust Kennard more than I trust Elta in a curfew situation. So I've, I'm not as worried about where Kennard is. Kennard's somewhere responsible in my eyes. It just says, um, where are you guys? Martial law. Curfew. There's also a message from the vehicle dealer. He's saying, like, well, we've closed, but I'll stay here for Aww. you to get back. In, in martial law. Please. Can't go outside. It's like now I'll never go home see my wife. Okay. Do any of the other racers like approach or do anything? It's a good point. I wonder if anyone wants to express their mm. gratitude. Right? They got some winnings off you. Maybe I don't know. Bet on me. So definitely, you were approached by a number of spectators that are either just like surprised and impressed and thought it was really cool what you did, and and some of them that uh, actually bet on you as well. They're like you know, they had a good feeling about it. And they're encouraging you to come back, and they're asking you about your bike, and and all this kind of stuff. Complimenting your hair, compliment sneakers. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah, the ones that that's true. It's probably the case that the ones that bet on you are more likely people who also like your style. That's reasonable. Do you have anything to say to Panther or anybody or any of the other racers? Is that like because it feels like you'd be around them? Like, right at the end of the race. Yeah, I would have things to say to Panther if I was nearby. But you wouldn't seek her out? I think I would, yeah. I would look for Panther. Yeah, Panther is actually, seems like, very disciplined and is going through, like, a a post-race inspection, just, like, Mm. checking things out, beep-boop, on the control panel. And she does have a mechanic who has Mm. stepped in to help and a few people that she knows, her own entourage. She's working closely with the mechanic. She clearly like knows her stuff. Mm. As you come up, I'd probably you know say something like, "Yeah, nice ride. Quite a bike you've got there." Yeah. So Panther's helmet is off now, and you can see that she has this long black hair, and it's tied back in a ponytail. She she stands as you come over, and she's got just kind of a half smile, and she responds to you saying, "Yes, it's nice, but." It wasn't quite enough. Yeah, well, when you keep pulling the same trick on somebody, they might learn what you're doing. She just, like, steps into you and gives you a hug. And then, like, gives you this kind of, like, this pat on the side of your face with her hand, you know, as as she backs away. I make sure she, like, pickpocket me. (laughs) That's more my immediate thought. (laughs) Different walks of life. (laughs) Check my crit stick's still there. I'll see you around. Meadowlark. It's been fun. I look forward to the next time. I will also compliment the bike, but to the bike. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, other, other people can't hear. It's just, yeah, yes. technical communication. Yes. Okay. Thank you. I have many impressive qualities. I look forward to many other races with you and other racers. I look forward to it as well. Wow, it's pretty intimate over there. <laughs> Get a room, you two. Yeah. <laughs> flirting uh-huh. yeah these are not imbued with a whole lot of ai i think so you've got one last message on your comms it's from stacy i should probably read it we left things on a weird note yeah so i open it up and i uh, i tell canard like oh stacy reached out rlc b55 incomplete project status now canceled await further instructions enjoy the break 
Huh. Winky face? I check back. What was the job number for the last job that we yeah, had? Yeah, that's the, it was the pickup of the small package. You did deliver the mug that had the chip glued to the bottom of it. Incomplete. But yeah, you you definitely know what that means. Yeah, but but I gave it to them. I don't know. I don't know why. Yeah. They would be marked incomplete cuz I I did the job as far as I know. <laughs> Shoot. Yeah, you're a little confused. Yeah. You do know that this kind of language does mean you don't get paid for this job. Yeah. Is the phrasing in this update similar to what we usually get, or is this unusually terse? So it's not the style that your previous manager had, mm -hmm. but you do get the feeling that it's a bit passive-aggressive and that she's not pleased with you. Yeah. Yeah, it's a passive-aggressive winky face. <laughs> That's an episode name. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I don't really know what to do with that right now. We should probably reconvene with Landon. I have some news to share as well. Yeah, as long as we don't... And we've got to be careful with the martial law uh, order in right now. But we can always say that we were traveling back On from a long distance. very nice bike. Yeah, what do you do? I'm feeling... <laughs> I almost want to just take the bike and not get my deposit i mean like if that's a crime it is a crime but did i give him my real name yeah, yeah you signed for ah, it shit. i love you asking whether you gave him your real name you do keep doing that <laughs> yeah i asked canard if i gave him my real name because i can't remember with the paperwork i don't know uh okay I don't think we need to return to the dealership tonight. We've got a decent reason for why we couldn't make it back. Okay, yeah, let's let's head back to the hotel and see where Landon's at. So you leave the race behind you, and you leave the arches, and with uh, Canard on the back seat, you head towards the city, and you wind your way back through the country roads and the terraces, and you approach the city, I'll give you a choice here. Do you really want to try to be more sneaky about it and avoid any police? Or do you not want to worry about it and then just play play dumb or play, you know, like, hey, we're just heading back to our hotel? There's not that many ways in and out of town. You could go through an open area because you've got a skimmer and you can just go over some of the uh, brushier sort of prairie land. But you can see as you are approaching from, from a distance that there is a roadblock. They're both a subtle role. <laughs> someone can help. Yeah, someone's not very subtle. Canard um, can do the talking. That's true. Well, what I'm thinking is, like, it's pretty obvious what we're coming back from, in my mind. Mm -hmm. But I'm not inclined to trust the authorities. Yeah, they might also just take your money. Yeah, I don't really want to pay a bribe. I'd maybe check in with Canard and be like, you think, like, we should risk it with the cops, or should we try and do a little bushwhacking? Let's avoid any encounters with the authorities. Okay, so yeah, I think we're going to try and avoid the main roadblock and maybe go off-road a little bit and sneak our way in. Yeah, so outside of the city, there are various structures and, and other stands of forest and so forth. It's, uh, it, it thins out the closer you get to the city, but there are various objects you can use to hide your approach. So it sounds like you want to avoid notice when you attempt to move unnoticed to access someplace off limits. Who wants to roll plus subtle? I'd prefer if it wasn't me, but I'd maybe take cues from you. Why don't you try and do the roll, right, and I'll assist by suggesting you drive with no lights, and I will map my sensors onto your helmet. Mm. Or you guys could swap. And you, Canard, could do the routing and roll to avoid notice, and Elta is rolling to help you with the actual driving part. With the bike. Mm -hmm. If you're the one taking the lead here, it seems more like your thing, and Elta's following your lead. Right. If, yeah. if you think that's appropriate. Yeah, that sounds good. How could I help you? Mm. I know the bike pretty well at this point. Give me your, your tips on what you noticed about the handling of the bike. Yeah, the brakes are touchy. <laughs> 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 yeah. So go so, ahead, Canard. You're going to roll to avoid notice. All right. Using settle. Ooh. And that's a seven with a one settle is going to be eight. Okay. Eight. Okay. 
Yeah, so let's see. You're going to roll to help. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah, so you're going to have to hit a 10 or higher to get that plus 2 okay. for uh, if it's going to make a difference in Kennard's roll. So I think to help here, you're still in control of the machine, Elta, and are trying to operate at a really, you know, sneaky level, like low and quiet, and you would have to roll to help with subtle. I know that's not your strength, so do you want to think about whether you want to still attempt that or not? Yeah, I'd leave that to Kennard. You think you've got it covered? Hmm. I find the idea of organic helping me interesting. This would be a new experience. I would appreciate that. Thank you, Elta. Okay. Cool. <laughs> got a five. Okay. Oh, but I get to mark experience. Ooh, more experience. So you dangerously escalate the situation. Should we let, we could let Kennard choose first which option he wants. Oh. And that might decide how it escalates. Ah, uh, so between you're in but your presence is under scrutiny, or nobody's onto you but you've encountered an obstacle partway in. I'll pick the first one. That sounds interesting. Okay, so Kennard, you've chosen you're in but your presence is under scrutiny. Now, you, the, the two of you, have been, uh, yeah, like really trying to run quietly through some brush this uh, large sort of area of fields and off in the distance you know you've been trying to avoid this particular vehicle it looks like a police vehicle kind of like a large boxy truck type thing you've been doing a good job winding your way pausing making sure that you're not being noticed and then suddenly you realize that you have not been paying attention to the opposite direction which you did not expect the police to be and all of a sudden, off to your right, is a group of people. They are lifting up rifles to look at you, and they've got like a headlamp and and some flashlights attached to their weapons. And they say, "Stop right there." Oh, he upsells them so hard. He probably at the does, risk. yeah. If you don't bring your own parachute, you're clearly a newbie. Mm -hmm. Everyone knows that. Uh-huh. I'll uh. research the fair market value for that parachute. <laughs> Thanks, Gunnar. Doing the legwork. After I've, like, irresponsibly negotiated the skimmer and then, like, placed a bet on myself, what I'm really hung up on is the price of the parachute. What a rip, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully not. Oh, good. Snap.